When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Well, folks, it's official. Scientists have declared that 2020 is the longest year on record. And as we enter summer, I think it's vital that we reflect on what we've all gone through and begin the conversation on where we want to end up and at the conclusion of this tumultuous year, discover who we are. And since it's summer, I strongly believe that that conversation requires a thorough examination of the history of the corn dog, America's summertime treat. Now, now bear with me because I stayed up all night thinking about this. The Minnesota State Fair, 1941, because this probably goes without saying, but before we can even get to corn dogs, we must address the pronto pup, dog, batter, stick. So simple, but also in a... Did you just hear some knocking? Or, or do we have knocking? What's going? That's coming. That's coming. Hold on. This is coming from the desk. Hold on. Oh my God! It's John Stewart. Hello. Hello. What, John? Oh what? my God, oh Stephen! Oh my God! Hold on, John. I'll take you out of the desk. Stephen, thank oh, you so much. There, John. Oh, oh my John. God! Look. Oh, Johnny. John. First of all, thank you so much. Steve, it was so dark in there, and I was so scared. I I'm didn't so sorry. Know what happened. I'm so sorry. I've kept the drawer closed for months now just to keep the coronavirus away from you. I, what, next thing, I was taking ketamine, and I got in the desk, and the next thing I know, I can't see anything. John, we've talked about your K-hole. You, you got you, you got to watch it, man. Listen, you gotta I'm watch trying. It. It's just downtime, baby. It's not good for me. The I understand. It's not good for me. How are you? How are how are you weathering the the COVID uh, quarantining with with your with your lovely family? Well, uh, everybody is doing great. Thank you so much for asking. And I, I uh, I'm I'm required to ask. It says I should ask. Oh, is that I mean, really Thank true? you for thanking me, but you, it says I should. You actually ask. knew how I was doing because I, I talked to you yesterday and the day before that. But still, and today for a little bit, yeah. And today for a little bit as well. But it's good to have a, a more formal. Sure, but you know, as performers, nothing means anything unless an audience sees how you feel. You know what? That is an excellent. It's an excellent point, and I didn't even know how I was doing until you just asked me just now. So, John, how are you doing? Uh, Stephen, look at me. I'm I'm going full uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd in. Uh, uh, I can beat you. What do you think? I can beat you. Ooh, <laughs> that is a lush mane. We are rocking lush manes. <laughs> that is. Can What's I tell up? you? I'm going full Einstein, but I think you might be going full Shining. I, I might be going Yahoo serious. <laughs> you know what's the saddest thing about this, Stephen? What? I was, you know, as someone who is just really on the dividing line of, of those that the CDC would say, put yourself in a hyperbaric chamber and don't come out till 2025. I know. That's my, uh, I, I'm now considered old enough that this is a pre-existing condition. Uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to read up on it. So I was reading uh, about the 1918 uh, pandemic, 
Right, because we haven't gone through anything like this for a hundred years. That's exactly right. So I what did they? Well, what did what did they do? So here's what's crazy about it. the 1918 uh, pandemic. The advice that they gave was, uh, don't try and stay inside. If you don't stay inside, wear a mask, and and socially distance. And I was like, Oh no! That's a, oh no! Two years. I was hoping it would make me feel better. I thought there was going to be like some old timey like. Drink apple cider and mercury, and that'll be the elixir for your vitality. Nope. It, it's 102 years. We've literally just been driving in circles. I think there are a lot of Nobel Prizes that should be taken away. Don't if they you? haven't made any improvement over the last 102 years, some, somebody screwed up. I feel like the last big improvement was uh, uh, during the, the, the Black Death, the plague, somebody went, should we be going to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. in the drinking water or is that something we should stop mm -hmm. and the biggest improvement is in the last hundred years they came yeah. up with that novelty soap that uh that bleeds when you <laughs> when you get it all soapy that you buy in the back of a comic book that is that is that is an excellent one and x-ray glasses that you can mm -hmm. buy and you can just see through people's clothes i know that works that's these, work these are the that's, two things. but i yeah. thought i was going to find comfort in some sort of bizarrely antiquated Mm -mm. Lack of understanding, like you could take a drill bit and try and put it into your hand, like exact same advice. What do you think of the the government's response? How do you think that they've handled it so far? John, with I'm, blink I'm blinking SOS to you in Morse code. I don't know if you can. I thought we'd lost the satellite feed for a second. You no, it's just a I'm dot 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 dash 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 dot 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 dash dash dash. Look, they're, they're, they're certainly doing the best they can on the thing. I think the, politi the politicization of just basic hygiene has been, I think, one of the more surprising aspects that- Like uh, wearing a mask, wear a mask. mask a political statement. the don't tread on me snake. It's the symbol yes. of tyranny. And I will not wear your COVID burqa. That, that, that's, exactly, that's, that's exactly right. It is the garb of the authoritarian. It's the, the swastika armband. It's mm -hmm. uh, a, a brown shirt. And I just keep thinking to myself, like, they wear those in operating rooms, right? Like, they do that not because they're listening to NPR. I'm pretty sure so they don't put their, I'm, I just want to say to all those people, like, so the next time you get an operation, you just say to the doctor, you take that liberal bull somewhere else. You come in here with no covering, you don't wash those hands, and you stick them in my open wound, because I'm an American. I will I, tell you, I'll tell you, my conspiracy theory is that this brilliant. entire mask thing yes. is all just a put on, it's a conspiracy by the Altoids people. Because when you put that mask on, and you get a big blast of your own mask breath, you're like, Jesus, <laughs> this would knock a buzzard off a wagon. What is, what have I been eating? Can I tell you something? One of the first things I did when uh, the mandate came down that if you were going to go out, you should wear a mask was apologize to my family. I put the mask on and I drove around and I came home and I said, guys, I just want to tell you, I had no idea. And I, I'm terribly sorry. I understand uh -huh. now why you're in your rooms most of the time. Uh -huh. And I will, I will engage in a more socially distanced uh, uh, 
way of dealing with you until I can clarify this. John, you know how TV works. We have to take a break, but don't go away. We'll be right back with more John Stewart. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We're back with America's sweetheart, John Stewart. Okay, let's talk about the incredible civil rights demonstrations that have been going on in the wake of George Floyd's death and Brown and Taylor's death and uh, Ahmed Arbery. Um, why do you think uh, right now... Uh, there has been such a powerful movement in the streets that has been so broad, like 2,000 different sound towns and cities. Um, people of all walks of life, all taking to the streets, demanding change. What do you think it's different now? Boy, that's such a great question. You know, Thank it's you. funny. I was thinking back when this happened to, you know, when I was still doing the show and the terrible tragedy in Charleston, um, Ferguson, uh, Eric Garner, and and I don't know it's because those I remember those moments being so chilling, and and feeling like such a wake up call, but also feeling hopeless that we continue to stare into sort of this abyss of a gape a, a gaping racial wound that we never seem to do anything about, and so in this moment, I don't know if it was. I think as Will Smith said, it's not that racism uh, is, is worse, it's being, it's, it's being filmed. But the others were on, on camera as well. In some respects, I wonder if the pandemic, because we all went into kind of a stasis mm -hmm. and so much of our, the distractions of your daily life were removed, that it allowed the country a moment of clarity because so much of the noise had it was it's it's almost like uh, uh, in in this moment of of more quiet reflection, America suddenly stopped and smelled the racism. Do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. Th there yeah. was that feeling that we we were in a moment's pause, and in that in that one breath, maybe it suddenly became clear to us. Because look, the biggest obstacle to change has always been our inability to understand that it's not just about ending segregation. It's about dismantling the barriers. I was talking to Charlemagne in the morning and it feels like 
black people have had to fight so hard for equality for so long and the exhaustion of that and the just despair of that and the anguish of that. But while they were fighting for equality, white people were building equity. And the disparity then between a lack of equality and a rising of equity just exacerbated. So they're always negotiating from this subservient position, what should not be a negotiation. They had to, from the get-go, ask for humanhood, ask for those things that in our, in our Declaration of Independence say very clearly, are your inalienable rights from your creator. They're not, you know, if God creates us all equal, the American government was somehow got to be the bouncer of that creed and, and, and you had to ask and, and beg and plead and fight and take to the streets to gain an equality. But while that was going on, we still had legal uh, uh, boundaries to keep them from gaining equity. And I think equality will only come once the community can gain the equity that's been taken from them from, from the beginning. I mean, you're talking about the Homestead Act. You know, all the slaves were freed. They weren't allowed to have their own land. They didn't get their 40 acres and a mule that was promised to them. Andrew Johnson made sure of that. And then we did the Homestead Act. White homesteaders were given just millions of acres of land, which was the equity Somebody was telling me, I think they were saying that 20% of the, the people from that, of the, of the wealth in that area can actually be traced to the Homestead Act, which explicitly did not include black people. Federal Housing Administration in the New Deal explicitly said you cannot loan these low cost uh, uh, loans that were intended so that white people could gain equity you cannot give them to black people. This is the most progressive piece of legislation that may have ever happened on the soil of America explicitly excluded black people. The GI Bill in Long Island, when everybody was buying into Levittown and they used those low cost loans, explicitly excluded black people. Until we address that, there's, there's equality won't come. So you, I, I think you have to, that to me feels like the root. I think that is the root. I, I think if I would only add to that is that I think one of the reasons why this is a catalytic moment is because of all the work done by uh, black organizers over the last five or six years, specifically Black Lives Matter, who four years ago in the election was like, well, who is this radical organization? And now is generally accepted as having a proper goal. The understanding of what Black Lives Matter means is more broadly accepted. The second thing would yeah. be, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, but still, so it's going to be the butt people. So the things working against it are the butt people. It's the people that are, and, and by the way, you know, as ridiculous as it is for two old white dudes to be sitting around going, the problem with racism in this country, but here's what <laughs> but I, I think it's valid to talk about why it's widely accepted. Cause I'm talking about why is it not just the black community who believes this has to happen now? Right. And here's why I think this is important. I think that white people can function as as avatars for some reason, and we used to have it sometimes in the show, we did a bit on it, where I think it was myself and Jordan Klepper and Jessica Williams, and we were talking about one of those instances of Ferguson. And she was making 
great points about systemic racism. And Jordan Klepper would say, I don't know, that just doesn't sound like it's real. And then I would say the same thing she said, just slightly reformatted. And he would go, that is so deep and profound. <laughs> and you are such a thought leader on race. I really respect you on that. And she'd go like, I just said that. And he'd go, I don't think you did. Because I think the problem here has always been maybe twofold. One is the butt people. And that you see them, they'll come out, you know, what happened to George Floyd was, was awful. We watched it. And no one condones that. But as soon as you hear butt, you know they're about to negate the reality of the situation. He wasn't an angel. Yeah, but, you know, uh, uh, what, what he's a, the criminality in that neighborhood. One of the biggest problems, I think the problem is twofold. One is I think there's a large sloth of the white population, and you know this as well as I do, that believes somehow that the inequality in the black community is on them. Right, they're just not working hard enough. Correct, that there is a, it is a, it is a problem of virtue and culture. Well, your parents are. Get a job. If you just work, my grandfather had to work, right. Your grandfather, when he came home from World War II, they gave him a low cost loan to buy a house. When a black GI came home from World War II, they weren't allowed to, and they were never allowed to build that equity. So that's, the first thing is to try and have the conversation to convince people, because we don't talk about entrenched white poverty in the same way. Look at the way they talk about poverty in the inner city. Somehow it's the fault of the denizens there. But white poverty is a tragedy of circumstance. It's globalism. It's jobs that go overseas. Their problems are, are deaths of despair. Like opioids are treated differently than crack. Crack is criminalized and people put away. Opioids, they're just sad because the jobs have gone. Well, how would you handle what has been systemically done to the black and, and to the black community it's always come on man we're not slaveholders we're not why can't you get over it meanwhile look what happened to white people six weeks of quarantine and they were like i'm gonna storm the uh, government with my ak-47 john we gotta take another break we'll be right back with more john stewart everybody I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Hey, everybody, we're back with the writer and director of the new movie, Irresistible, John Stewart. Let's talk about changing the future. Uh, we are in an election year. Can we do that? Yeah. So, uh, uh, who, who are you liking? Who are you liking this year? Biden or, uh, or Trump? Who, what, who's, uh, is it a uh, coin toss at this point? It's a toss up. I'm going back and forth. What do you think? A recent poll, 14, New York Times poll, 14% of voters aren't sure yet. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me more. Look, for me, I, I remember thinking when he came down the elevator and he goes, 
you know, a lot of escalator, Mex escalator, escalator. Sorry. A lot of Mexicans are rapists. I was like, okay, he's done. And then grab him by the pussy. He's done. You know, his morality has been litigated. I think, and I didn't expect him to be moral. I think what, what caught me off guard was just the utter incompetence. Yeah. I think I've been somewhat surprised. You know, you were sort of sold this idea that uh, he was a disruptor and that the chaos was strategic. And now, you know, no, 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 I think no, no, just no, no. the pants are on fire. Right. And just running around a room. And he really is just mainly concerned with credit and praise. I came on your show. It must we were like a week into his presidency. Yeah. And I remember saying, I feel like he's been president for a hundred years. The presidency is supposed to age the president, not the country. And I do think at uh -huh. some level, it's kind of like, I think Biden's slogan should just be, it's enough already. Like you clearly, do, you've got one bit. It'd be he, like dice. Biden has literally, Biden yeah. has literally tweeted that. Just that, just that word, enough. Completely. Yes. I don't feel like this election is just, and I've really tried to, to parse this. Like, is it just anybody but Trump? And I do, I do believe that to some extent. Biden was not my guy. You know, wasn't even in the top four or five. I, I was more of a Sanders Warren. That's yeah. just the direction. You're a Tulsi Gabbard man all the way. There you go. Um, gang Gang 2020. So, but, you know, not my guy. But having watched him on your show and having spoken to him at other times and, and seen him in other situations, I'm not crazy about the Uncle Joe character, the Uncle Joey I went, I took down corn pop. Hey, how you doing? The touchy feely, like, I don't like that shit. I think it's- He prefers pops, by the way, not Uncle Joe. He prefers pops. Pops. You know, okay. with the whole, like, he told me, Joey, always take the train because it always gets you there with a bag of lunch. You know, all that kind of stuff feels sticky to me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's not the core of who that guy really is. And I've recently been thinking about something and that is that we, we are a country in- terrible anguish right now just terrible we, we are in pain american exceptionalism the, the kind of the blindfold is off and we're kind of seeing ourselves as who we really are that american exceptionalism is not like a title that you wear like you were miss america in 1937 and you'll always be miss america like it takes effort and work to maintain mm -hmm. and if you treat it as a fait accompli it will erode and you will lose it. And we are seeing that erosion. And we are fearful and we are angry and we are in pain. And when I, when I see Biden pass the shtick, I see a guy who knows what loss is. That's it. Knows grief. That's it. And I think that that kind of grief humbles you when you lose like and and you know this and we've we've talked about these kinds of things because it's something that i appreciate about you as well there's a humility to the randomness of tragedy that brings about a caring that can't be faked and it can't be contrived and what I think in this moment, this country needs is a leader of humility.
that understands that he doesn't understand, that understands the humanity of this experiment and the difficulty that it is in maintaining it, and that we have to connect with each other on a much deeper level without the bull****. And, and it gives me hope that that can bring about that maybe he is the man of the moment. Because the whole time, listen, man, Trump doesn't have that gear. He just doesn't. No. He, he's still in the mindset that, like, COVID was created to stop him from a second term. Like, right. It requires you to care about something other than yourself. Right. And so I'm, I'm not just making the negative case for Biden anymore. It's not just the, well, we got to get rid of that guy. I actually believe something in his life experience can benefit this country at a moment where it desperately needs it. John, we got to take another break. We'll be right back with more John Stewart, everybody. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Folks, if you're just joining us, we're here with the lovely and talented Mr. John Stewart. John Stewart, you have a wonderful new movie. Don't you do this. Called Irresistible. Don't. That is unacceptable. You, my friend, I don't know if you have to go to a talk show penalty box. I am a talk show host. Damn it. Tell me about this Steve Carell person. I hear good things. Is it very enjoyable to work with? Enjoyable to work with? Does I, 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 I enjoy his work very much. I don't accept this in any way. Okay, all right. Stand for this tomfoolery. Can I tell you something? Yes. I miss you. I'm I miss you too. And uh, I miss you too. I know we do a couple of Zoom, a couple of Zoom cocktail parties. I miss you. We did, we did Zoom cocktails, me and Evie and you and Tracy. It was lovely. Lovely woman. Should we leave on... I would like to leave. First of all, tell the people you like the movie because you told me and that made me. I loved the movie. I so enjoyed the movie. Not only only did I enjoy. Here's what I loved. I really enjoyed seeing somebody talk about the problem with our politics that doesn't involve Donald Trump. Because that's not different. That's the same. And and, And I could hear your voice in that movie and I miss it so much. That's very and popular. and it's a tremendous performance. It's a, a great performance by Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. They're they're terrific. And, I hope people enjoy it. It's funny. Can I leave? By I wanted to deposit. You know, I've been thinking about. You know, Trump calls uh, uh, Biden Sleepy Joe. So I've been trying to figure out like what we could. You know, my old nickname for Trump was Face on Clownstick. I, feel I remember. Like it's out of date. Almost none of that will make it to air. You realize, but go ahead. Understood. Uh, Stick, as long as stick is in there, people will understand. By the way, that phrase is in the movie as well. Um, But uh, so I was thinking, you know, he talks so much about corruption, but this may be the most corrupt administration in history. So here's why I can't figure out why no one has proffered this before. He's, He's not draining the swamp. He is the swamp. He's Donald Swamp. Old Swampy Don. What do you think? I like it. Swamp ass. Swamp 
Cold Swampy Don. Let's trend it. Done. Hashtag done. I don't know if that's a thing. It's going to happen. Uh, you're a beautiful man. You're a uh, wonderful you, man. Uh, we we met you up here in the Northeast. Yeah. I, I, I feel like you're doing your show on the surface of the moon. It must be so weird not to have an audience. But uh, 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 I have Evie. I have Evie. She's uh, my audience. That's lovely. Uh, uh, bless your hearts, and, and uh, I hope I see you guys soon. I love you, John. Love Thanks you, Thanks for coming by. Bye-bye. Happy Holidays from The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. We're dropping your favorite Colbert classics with the biggest stars until we're back on January 3rd with all new episodes. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.